Hello, Convention of State podcast listeners. Normally, we reserve this channel for audio versions of our live broadcast, COS Live and the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. But as a bonus, we like to occasionally release some historic legacy audio for your enjoyment. Today's episode features a speech from Rick Santorum, a former U.S. Senator and current Senior Advisor to Convention of States Action. This address was given in early 2022 before a crowd of COS Iowa supporters in the capital rotunda in Des Moines. You know, every four years you guys uh, have a level of importance in the country that rises above everybody else. Because you guys pick first, right? And men and women come through here and they travel the whole state and they meet thousands, tens of thousands of people, they shake hands, they develop support. It is the most down-home, natural, face-to-face kind of politics anywhere in this country during the presidential cycle. And for those of us who don't live here, it's, it's hard to even understand. It's so different than everywhere else. But I can tell you, when you talk to people who've lived through the experience, pe- presidential candidates that have come through here, they'll tell you it's the most special experience in the country. And because of that experience, you guys know the next speaker pretty well. Because Rick Santorum came through here, and he spent time with all of you. And he spent time in your communities, in your farm communities, in your cities, in every corner of the state. And I know, because I've talked to him a lot about it, he fell in love with this state. He loves this state. So of all the states we go to, he's like, I'll come back to Iowa anytime. I'm always happy to be here. You know, Rick and I have known each other for quite a while. We met, of all places, we met hunting, really is how we met hunting pheasants in South Dakota. We had a mutual friend who would invite us on these trips. And so I got to know Rick, not as a politician. I didn't get to know Rick as uh, some guy on TV. I got to know Rick as a fellow hunter, you know, riding out to the fields, walking the fields with him, sitting around afterwards, having a beer, and just getting to know him as a person. There are a lot of people who rise to levels of greatness in this country that we see on television. They become senators, maybe they run for president, they become famous in that world, everybody knows their name. And I'm impressed by that. It's not easy to do, by the way. It's incredibly difficult to do. You have to be skilled and savvy and persistent. You've gotta be able to just get out there and work like almost nobody else. It's just hard work. But a lot of those people I would call, well, maybe they've achieved greatness, but there's something about goodness that is very different than greatness. You meet a lot of people who have accomplished great things and they're not necessarily good people, the best people. The thing that I can tell you about Rick Santorum, knowing him as a person before I knew him as a politician or a political figure, is this is a truly good man. If you wanna go to somebody for advice about what you should do in your life to be a good person, this is the guy I would choose. And I feel incredibly blessed and privileged that he has decided to become part of the Convention of States organization. He's brought so much more to this organization than I ever thought possible. The most important thing that he's brought for me is a good friend. So please give a warm welcome to my good friend, Rick Santorum. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is, uh, as Mark said, it is great to be back in Iowa. Uh, I I can't tell you how grateful I am uh, for the uh, 
the hospitality and the support that she showed me and my family. It's been 10 years uh, since the Iowa caucuses and uh, that, that long night in January of 2012. And uh, uh, all I can say is that uh, uh, I wanted to come back uh, because I want to make sure that, uh, just like Bobby indicated, that Iowa stays number one. Different finger. Uh, but uh, I want Iowa to lead. You know, that's, that's what you do. That's how I see Iowa. And that's why I invested all that time and energy back in 2012 in Iowa, because I knew that you folks are not afraid to lead. You're not afraid to stand up and be countercultural. You're not afraid to not pick the, the favorite horse. You're, you're, you look at things, you understand things, you, you research it, you do the work, and then you have the courage to act. That's how I see Iowa. And right now, Iowa needs to be Iowa. Iowa, this legislature needs to, to lead like it has on so many other things this, this session. It's been amazing, the accomplishments this, this session has had. But it needs to lead on one more thing. And I'm excited that we can see this huge crowd. But I'm excited that we have an opportunity now. Boy, I feel like I'm back on the campaign trail. This is great. I love it. So, so,
let's, uh, if you can hear me, I'm going to keep talking. So, as I always say, I'd rather be heckled than ignored. So, let me, let me just say first, and I didn't say thank you for what you did for me in 2012 and give me that robust 34-vote victory in the 2012 race. So I should thank you for that. I'm someone that knows personally about voter integrity. Every vote counts, right? Every vote should count, and every, every vote that's, that's a proper vote should count, right? And that, that, so I, I know that for sure. Let me, let me just say this. I come to you as someone speaking here at Convention of the States that back in 2012, I was not a supporter of Convention of the States. When it first came out, I had some serious questions about it. I talked to a lot of people, some of whom are opposing it, uh, you know, in the, in the country, and, and they told me of their concerns, and I, and I thought, well, maybe those are very legitimate concerns, and candidly, I didn't really think much about it until actually earlier this year. And uh, I, Mark, actually, I was at uh, one of those hunting trips he talked about, and he, he talked with me about it, and I said, okay, I'm going to do my homework, just like you folks do. I'm going to do my homework. And I'm going to see whether this is really the right thing, because I can tell you this, a lot of things have changed in 10 years. That this country and the federal government, as bad as it was when, when I campaigned here 10 years ago, it is far beyond what I think any of us would have expected to happen this quickly. And candidly, my big concern is that it's happening on both sides with both parties. You have too many in Washington who are too comfortable with all the power they have and, in fact, like that power and don't, aren't really interested in giving it back to the people or to the states. And what I saw, particularly in the last, ten, like I said, 10 years, with now the concentration of power in the executive, the Congress has become so dysfunctional, they can't do anything. And so, as a result, both sides, when their president gets in, they asked the president to use all of his executive authority, real and non, not real, to do things unilaterally. That is a dangerous thing that's happening in this country. More and more executive orders, more and more rulemaking, more and more standing up to the Congress and to the courts, all that power. And, and we are panicked because, look, I know all of you, like me, are concerned about what's happening in this country. And so if we ever get a Republican back in, we want him to do all these things, pass all these things, get, get all these executive orders to change everything. You can't have a country that's flipping back and forth by a, a king moving the country back and forth every time he comes into office. That doesn't work. It's bad for the country, and it takes our freedom away. So here's, what, here's why I decided to step forward and look at this thing seriously. And here's what I found. This is a constitutional process. Our founders put this in Article 5 of the Constitution for a moment just like now. They knew someday the federal government was going to get big and out of control and the power would concentrate in one person. They knew that would happen because they knew history. And they saw it happen in every other government. The emperors and the kings always would consolidate power. Oh, they'd start out as a republic or they'd start out as a democracy, but they always ended up with one person in power because the country would be so divided. 
that neither side could get along, and so they, they supported the most powerful, someone who would force their way on everybody else. You see, our founders understood that this country was, was not going to be like theirs, and the only way it could happen is if we allowed federalism. What does that mean? That means that it's okay for California to be California. If you want to be crazy and bankrupt your state, go ahead, okay? If, if you want to put mandates and you want to have all these restrictions of freedom and you want to protect the Delta smelt more than you do unborn babies, that's your right to do that as California, but don't try to impose that on the rest of the country. That's why everybody is so upset, because we see Washington doing something that historically it's never really done, which is trying to make everybody like New York and California, trying to impose their values on every part of the country. And again, I'm okay if New York and California want to do that, but don't impose it on Iowa. And the reason that happened is because the courts and the Congress and the President have all abdicated their checks and balances responsibility and allowed that accumulation of power. If you look at the Constitution and you look at the enumerated powers in Washington, they mean nothing to the federal government anymore because the courts have stripped that all those limitations away. The only way to put that genie back in the bottle Washington is not going to fix Washington. Iowa has to fix Washington. I know that scares some people. Some within our ranks are afraid of that because, candidly, they don't trust you and your state legislators. They don't trust the people. They don't believe that we have the ability to actually have a convention of states and actually limit the power of the federal government. But here's what I would say to them. If we don't have a convention of states, does anyone believe that what we've seen over the past 60 years in this country, this ever-expanding just leviathan of government growing in Washington, does anyone think that's going to change on its own? So if you know it's only going to get worse, what's the risk? What is the risk of having people from all 50 states come together and try to find some common ground to take the power out away from Washington? Remember, we're talking about state legislators here. I was saying to you, I, was, I spoke to your uh, Senate, ca Senate House caucus earlier today, and I said, you know, if I'm California, and I'm at a convention of states, and there's a resolution in front of me, or amendment in front of me that says the federal government can't legislate on health care, as an example, right? That they have no power because they don't under the Constitution. But if we actually had an amendment that did that, and I'm a liberal Democratic representative from California, I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I could vote for that because I don't want them in Washington stopping me from going to a single-payer health care system. So as, remember, the, Washington, to some degree, limits the real crazy states from doing what they want to do. 
So the idea that this can't happen is just false. There are 31 state legislatures right now controlled by Republicans. In this next election, which I believe will be the best election that Republicans have seen in my lifetime, right? I think you'll see, I think you'll see us get to 34 states controlled by Republicans, which is the number you need to get this voted on and passed and have a convention of states, not 10 years from now, but in a, in a year or two. This could happen now at a time, let's be honest, Americans don't have a lot of hope that, Ameri that Washington's going to get better. You hear things, crazy things from people about what they have to do to save our republic. This isn't a crazy thing. This is a constitutional thing. This is a thing within our Constitution that our founders put in place. I believe we have an opportunity now, not 10 years from now. Wisconsin just passed and became the 16th state. Nebraska, I think the day after tomorrow is going to be the 17th state. We have other states that are lined up, West Virginia, North Carolina, Ohio, others that are all in the queue. We need Iowa to get in that queue. We need Iowa to start leading this country again and showing what conservative leadership is all about in this state legislature. And we need your help to make that happen. I want to thank all of you for coming out here on this beautiful January Iowa day. I want to thank the legislators for stepping up. You know, there are people on the other side of this, on, in, in both parties. And it's not an easy thing to do to step out when you have opposition on both sides. And so for your legislators who are stepping up and in leading and sponsoring, you need to make sure that you're, you're there for them. And you need to go out and communicate this message. I really believe this. I think George Mason put in Article 5's Convention of the States as the safety valve, as the last chance for a republic to survive. Because they knew there were three things when it came to freedom. One was winning freedom. And that's what the revolution was about, to win freedom. Second was to establish freedom. And that was hard. And we did the most amazing job in the history of the world. We established it with our Constitution. And we've created the greatest republic in human history. But they knew that the third thing was the hardest thing to do. And that is to maintain freedom. Time always gets you. We all know that as people, right? <laughs> we all know time gets you. It has the same effect, a corrosive effect on our bodies and the corrosive effect on the body politic in America. And it has eroded. Our founders knew this time would come. They didn't know when, but they knew it would come. And they provided us this mechanism as a fountain of youth, re-engaging you, the public, the grassroots, the state legislatures across this country to come together and revive this dying republic. 
Iowa, it's your turn. Lead. God bless you. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.